If you've been in Lighthouse for the last few Sundays, you know that we are in the middle of a sermon series entitled, I Am Second. For those of you that have just uh, tuned in, this is a sermon series that we have decided many months ago to pursue. And uh, we will not allow the COVID-19 virus to stop us in this sermon series. Why I am second? It's a very important biblical truth. The Lord says, the Lord will oppose the proud, but he always lifts up those who are humble. If we are, if we get this right, mga kaibigan, na hindi tayong nauuna, ang Panginoon ang nauuna sa atin. That's why in my shirt right now it says, Jesus is first, I am second. If we get this right, alam natin merong mga leaders na itinatalaga ang Panginoon on top of us. And we are followers, we will obey whatever the government is mandating us to do. But ultimately, when we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is our leader, then there are many things in front of us that might be new to all of us, but it doesn't have to be fearsome because the Lord has already been there. The Lord has been in our past, He is in our present, and He is very much in our future. And so we can hunker down, we can settle in, and we can be at peace, knowing that Jesus is first and we are second. We are following a leader who will never allow us to go astray. A few Sundays ago, we talked about Joshua, how this young man who has been the personal assistant, the aide-de-camp of Moses, for 40 years, Joshua had been so used to being at the beck and call of Moses. And he understood, Joshua understood, that for as long as his eyes are fixed upon his master, there are many things that he could learn from Moses. And when the time came that Moses had to be taken by the Lord because everybody passes on because we are bound by mortality, Joshua was commanded by the Lord to never be afraid. And the word of the Lord was clear for Joshua. As I was with your predecessor, so I will be with you for the rest of your days. And Joshua, when he met that crossroad, that now he had to be at the very forefront of leadership. Now, there was no more Moses to go back to, to pass the ball to. Wala na siyang pagpapasahan ng responsibilidad. The Lord just gripped the heart of Joshua that in this crossroads of your life, it will take you to your core. And your core is that you should always be clinging to the true source of your strength. That for as long as you go back to your core, and that is that the Lord is first and you are mere second, you can be a champion of God's agenda. Joshua took off his sandals because he was met by the Lord in the crossroad and he knew the first thing that he should do before engaging in any battle is to adopt the posture of worship. And so it is right now for us, mga kapatid. Sa mga bagay nating hinaharap, these are all new to us, as Pastor Jonathan would say a while ago. We have never been to a pandemic like this. And yet, if we will go back to the core of who we are in Christ, and we take off our sandals and worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the Lord can reveal to us a lot of strategies and thoughts that have never been concocted by human mind. Because God's thoughts are always higher than ours. His ways are always better than ours. And so, the Jericho walls fell when Joshua learned to worship God first. Uh, last Sunday, if you were in church, we talked about Elisha. Again, 
another aide-de-camp that for 13 years, he walked under the shadows of Elijah, the great prophet. And yet, when he met the Lord in that crossroad, we know Elijah had to be taken by the chariots of fire back to the heavenlies. Elisha was allowed the Lord by the Lord to grieve him. He really tore his robe and he called on to his father. And we said last Sunday that grieving the passing on of a great leader is but normal. And yet, Elisha knew even Elijah was not the first. Elijah has always been second unto the Lord. And now that Elijah was gone, Elisha was never going to be first. He was still second. God would always be first. And so, that crossroad took Elisha to the core of who he was. Number one is loyalty. That he never left his master Elijah until the very, very last moment. And we said last Sunday, loyalty is such a lonely word because everyone is so flighty. Kung mayroong pagkakataong makaalis, aalis. Kung may pagkakataong mangiwan, mangiiwan. But not for Elisha, my friends. And he was also audacious. When he was asked by Elijah, what is it that you would want me to do for you? Hihingi na rin lang, humingi na siya ng sobra-sobra. Double portion of your spirit, my master Elijah, he said. Elijah warned him it's going to be difficult. Why? Because with great power comes great responsibility. But Elisha was equipped by the Lord with such double portion of anointing that truly Elisha was able to do more than the things that his master or predecessor Elijah was able to do. And so we said another core value that we could learn from Elijah was continuity. It was more than the personality of this dynamic, charismatic, gifted leader Elijah. Elisha, though he knew that he had such big shoes to fill, he knew that he didn't have to wear the shoes of Elijah. That the Lord would be dealing with him, would be using him in such unique ways. His number one role is to continue the ministry of God. For at the end of the day, it's about God's agenda and never about anybody's agenda. He had the cloak. Elijah's last miracle became Elijah's first miraculous achievement. Today, we're going to talk about another character. But just to give you a preview, next Sunday, we're going to talk about Stephen. So make sure that you read through your Bibles, Acts chapter 6, if I'm not mistaken. Start with Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. And then two Sundays from now, we will continue on this preaching about Timothy. But for today, we will talk about another great second, another great person who knew his position in the kingdom of God. And his name is John the Baptist. So if you have your Bibles, please, open your Bibles now to the Gospel of Luke. We'll read from verse 41 and 42. Just so we can have a good grasp of who John the Baptist was. But why don't we bow down once again and pray unto the Lord. Father, your word is precious unto us. A lamp unto our feet. A light unto our path. In moments, Lord, when we feel so clueless as to what the next steps should be. In times like this, when we are in crossroads, when we have been to, when we are now being thrust into places where we have never been, 
Our leaders has, have never been to such situations like this. Father, we pray that every one of us will go back to the counsel of the Lord. For this is your word, and these, yours, and these words of yours are powerful. So, Lord, we say that today our hearts are open. Our minds are ready to accept your counsel. Whatever it is that we will hear, we will do. And whatever it is that we will receive from you, we will share. For the glory and honor are yours alone. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Everyone will say, Amen. So I'm sure you now are in Luke chapter 1, verses 41 to 42. I also took time to put it here in the PowerPoint. Let's read this out loud. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. It's a good narrative to take off from because John the Baptist's call started from birth. No, from the very conception. When the Lord revealed to his father Zechariah, the priest, that he and his wife Elizabeth would have a child in their old age, they were, of course, incredulous. They could not believe it. And yet, the word of the Lord would always supersede man's unbelief. And in due time, Elizabeth conceived of John the Baptist. Now, Elizabeth and Mary, Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus, were cousins. And when she was six months into the family way, Mary, of course, was approached by the Lord and told that she would be the handmaid of the Lord and that she would have a, an, a virgin conception. That even though at the time Mary didn't know any man, that she would conceive of the very Son of God. And Mary went to Elizabeth, and these verses would record that in that moment of crossroads of Elizabeth and Mary when they met, John the Baptist, who was about six months old inside, her mother's, inside his mother's womb, leaped already. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. This just goes to show that one verse in Jeremiah that says, Even in your mother's womb, I have already called you by name. That the calling of the Lord starts from the very foundations of his creation. John the Baptist knew this. As he was growing up, he must have been told again and again by his mom how from the very onset of his conception, the Lord's hand was already upon John the Baptist. Now flip your Bible down to the book of Matthew chapter 3. This time, John the Baptist was about 27 years old. Because historians would now say that John the Baptist was ministering already three years before the public declaration of Jesus Christ. So he was already baptizing people three years before the public introduction of the Messiah. Matthew chapter 3 would say that in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming for him. Now, John the Baptist from the onset, not just from his womb, but from the onset of his public ministry, he already knew what he was about to do. His identity was clear. 
even his getup was unique. Matthew chapter 3 verses 4 to 6 would say that John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. And he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he would eat locusts and wild honey. He was really, Pastor Chuck, when I heard his preaching many years ago, that he was the Rambo of his days. He had the making of what the prophet would look like. John the Baptist was certain that he was going to be the last prophet of the Old Testament before the entry of the Messiah, and that would commence the New Testament. So even his look was really that of a prophet. Talagang propetang propeta ang dating ni John the Baptist. And look at this. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Many people or all of us can make great achievements for the Lord when we know who we are. When the unction of the Holy Spirit is upon us, we don't need to fear the disapprovals of other people. As a matter of fact, you don't live for the approval of men. You know who you are. Parents, I'd like to talk to you about this. Elizabeth and Zechariah, the parents of John the Baptist, were instrumental in ingraining, in embedding in John the Baptist such uniqueness of his call. So that even if he didn't look like the rest of his teenage peers, even if his diet was different from the rest of the world. He had the Nazarite vow, meaning that John the Baptist, from the onset of his, of his growing old, he, his parents already vowed that he would never have alcohol in his body. Hindi siya malalasing, hindi siya magiging manginginom. And that should have been a departure from the norm and the culture of that day. And yet, John the Baptist grew up to be a very secure person. And because of that, when the message of the Lord rang out, from his, from his heart, through his voice, people would come unto him. When people heard about his ministry, they started coming all over the Jordan Valley. They went out to see and hear John. John knew that there was this hunger in the hearts and in the souls of people. Between Malachi and uh, the New Testament, there was this intertestamental quiet period, probably about 400 years. People were looking and they were starting to think, nakalimutan na ba tayo ng Diyos? But wala nang propetang dumarating sa atin? But wala nang salita ng Diyos na dumarating sa atin? People were in an arid place in their spiritual lives. And so, when John the Baptist came forward, and John the Baptist rose up to the challenge that the Lord had placed upon his heart to be the prophet, to be the voice, to be the one to be preparing the way of the coming Messiah, people responded almost instinctively and that's why somebody once said, eternity, in Ecclesiastes it says, eternity is placed in the hearts of men. Blaise Pascal, I believe, would say, in the heart of every man is a God-shaped void. And people would remain restless until they find the answer to that void. And the only one that, that could fill that void is the very presence of God. And so they started coming to John the Baptist and John was proclaiming the gospel of repentance and people were being baptized. Now, I'd like you, I'm emphasizing this obvious point because at this point, three years after, John the Baptist must have already been a very popular figure in Israel. A prophetic voice had come 
People were now congregating. Wherever John the Baptist was, people were there. And people, and the Bible would record that John the Baptist had his disciples. He had his good following. Maybe people were giving their tithes and their offerings to John the Baptist. Maybe the ministry was now prospering materially. And whenever John the Baptist would speak, people would be quiet. And people would be caught to their hearts. And people would come confessing their sins. Oh, what an anointed ministry John the Baptist was given. And yet, just like Joshua and just like Elisha, John the Baptist also had to come to his crossroad. Why? Because Jesus Christ was now coming into the scene. What would he do now? What would his disciples do now? For three years, they enjoyed the popularity of their master, of their discipler, of their pastor, of their bishop, John the Baptist. And yet, three years, three and a half years later, Jesus Christ appears into the scene. It was the crossroad that John the Baptist had to navigate. John chapter 3, verses 25 to 26 records that a debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to John the Baptist and said, Rabbi, see, he was a respected teacher. The man, meaning Jesus Christ, that you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, Master, he is also baptizing people. And everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. Do you now see, mga kaibigan, the power play here? How people can easily be smitten by fame and power? When you now enjoy the attention and you now have the ears of the crowd. For three years, people have been listening, had been listening to John the Baptist's. And the disciples were now glorying in this popularity of their master. But all of a sudden, because John the Baptist hailed Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Because John the Baptist would say, he is the Messiah. People were now going to Jesus instead of John the Baptist. Oh, it was a serious issue for the people, for the followers of John. So John the Baptist replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. He says, it is the bridegroom who marries the bride. And the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. This is a good lesson for many leaders that are now listening when the real leader comes it will be a test of your willingness to let go of that position and for john the baptist he makes use of the marriage narrative he says i am not the bridegroom the bride doesn't belong to me i am the mere best man oh yes the best man in every wedding that i would be privileged to officiate the best man always walks ahead but the best man is just there to prepare the way for the coming bridegroom. But it's never about the best man, John the Baptist would say. It's about the bridegroom who has now come to take his bride. And the most famous quote that we can ever get from John the Baptist, he says, 
He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Another version would say, Jesus must now increase, therefore I must now decrease. You see, that's the classic I am second mentality, mga kaibigan. That God is first. Jesus is first. I am mere second. If I am to play the role of John the Baptist, and that is to usher the very Messiah into your presence, my friend, then every preacher, every pastor, every priest must always know this truth. It is not about you. It is not about the one given the pulpit to preach. It's about the person that we represent, whose ideals and belief systems we speak about. And we get, when we get this right, when we get this, that we, it's not about us. It's not about the charisma that we have as preachers. It's not about the anointing that our ministry or our office holds, but it's about this person named Jesus, the real bridegroom who has come to take his bride who is the church. If we get this right, then the Lord's anointing will just fill us even more. John the Baptist's crossroad led him again to his core. So let me talk to you about three core values that we can learn from John the Baptist. First is the core value of identity. When a person knows who he is, when a woman knows who she is, then we, we take things right. Our, even our hierarchy of values are set right. This was John's testimony, John chapter 1, verses 19 to 20. When the Jew Jewish leaders and sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Now, it's a beautiful answer because John the Baptist being asked this question set things right from the very onset. Who are you? He could have said, I am and I am, but he said first in the negative tense. I am not the Messiah. Let me make it clear. I am not first here. I am second. I am not the Messiah. Well, then who are you, they asked. Are you Elijah? He said, no. Are you the prophet we are expecting? He says again, no. A person who knows who he is or who she is also knows who he is not. I am not Elijah, I am not the prophet, I am not the Messiah. So the question persisted, who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? And John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. And then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? And John told them, I baptize you with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be slave and untie the straps of his sandal. Now, by this time, Jesus Christ wasn't introduced to John the Baptist yet. Jesus Christ had not submitted himself to John the Baptist for water baptism yet. And yet, in his core, he knew the Messiah was soon coming. People don't recognize him yet, didn't recognize him yet at the time. Even John the Baptist, I think, was still clueless at this time who truly the Messiah was. But he says, 
I am not him. I am not the Messiah. I'm just the voice in the wilderness. And such is my position, so low is my position that even the straps of the sandals of the Messiah, I am not worthy to untie. And then the next day, John was ushered into this privileged position to see Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Now stop there for a while. Little did we know that John the Baptist was now laying down a very crucial dogma, a crucial pillar of the Christian doctrine, and that is the eternality of Jesus Christ. That even before he existed, Jesus Christ already existed long before him. That even before, now we know chronologically, John the Baptist was conceived before Jesus Christ was conceived by the Virgin Mary. So probably John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus Christ. But look at this doctrine. He existed long before me. John the Baptist knew this. John the Baptist knew his, in, his identity in Jesus Christ. And so, my friends, let's, let's talk about this for a while from my heart. Tayo mga Kristiyano po ay binigyan ng Panginoon ng napakagandang panawagan sa buhay. And ang palagi nating babalikan, when everything else is falling all around us, when everything else is crumbling all around us, ang palagi nating babalikan kung sino nga ba tayo sa Panginoon. Oh, I love your song, Pastor Rio, a while ago. I am a child of God. When you know who you are in Christ, when you know your position in the kingdom of God, and you know your value in the very eyes of our Father, then we know. We might not have the answer to everything that people are asking, we might not have the answer to the immediate queries and questions of people around us about this COVID-19, but we know who we are. And on that identity, we secure firmly our stance in the kingdom of God. I pray, mga kapatid, that in times like this, we will go back to the core of who we are in Jesus. We are the beloved of the Lord. We are the apple of the eyes of the Almighty. And God has set his eyes upon us. And he says, nothing and no one in all of creation shall ever be able to separate you from my love. And for as long as we stand secure in this identity, tamaang kaman o hindi ng sakit, dumating man o hindi ang matitinding pagsubok sa buhay mo, nothing can alter who you are in Jesus. John the Baptist was so secure in who he is, but was he exempt? from the troubles of his days? Oh, not at all. As we will see in the following verses that we will read, John the Baptist was also persecuted because of telling the truth. John the Baptist was even thrown to prison for confronting the evil of his days. But did it deter him from proclaiming what he needed to proclaim? Not at all. Babalikan natin mga kaibigan, sino tayo sa mga panahong to? Tayo ay mga anak ng Diyos. Secondarily, we are also as identity, we are Filipinos. At walang ibang magmamahal sa ating bayan, kundi tayo rin namang mga Pilipino. Yes, the nation is divided as always, politically, pro or against, anti or for, but it doesn't matter now. 
in times like this, when the very existence of our nation is under serious threat, know that you are a Filipino first. We can set aside our political differences. And our identity as Filipinos behooves us that in times like this, we have greater responsibility to the community around us. This is not the time for us to be uh, acidic. This is not the time for us, mga kapatid, to engage in, in negativity in the social media, to criticize and to pull down people. This is the time for us to come together. Why? Walang ibang magmamahal sa ating bayan kundi tayo rin namang mga Pilipino. Ang mga Chinese nagkaisa para labanan ang Wuhan virus. Today, the Wuhan virus is declining. Their death rate is very, very much low. They are now in the recovery rate. Italians are very much together now because they know now that they are in a lockdown, they have nobody else to turn to but themselves. But for us Filipinos, we know that we belong to God. We know that Jesus is on our side, and we know that we can have access to the powers of the heavenlies. But the Lord doesn't want us to abandon our identity as being Filipinos. Walang ibang tutulong at magmamalasakit sa ating bayan, kundi tayo rin naman. That's a core value that we can learn from John the Baptist. Another core value is integrity. And oh, how we need this in moments like this right now. Now, integrity can be defined as honesty or the, the solidness of your moral values. But integrity can also be further defined as your structural soundness. That in times like this, we will not crumble down under the weight of the circumstances that we have been thrust into. Our structural integrity as a people, as a nation, and as a church is really put under the test. And the way we will stand right now and remain standing will really show who we belong to. Because our identity is in Christ and our foundation is in Christ, then I have no doubt whatsoever in my heart that our integrity as a people will hold us in these times of shaking. Now, John the Baptist, during the time, we're up against the evils of his society. Number one of those were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Matthew chapter 4, 7 to 8, when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. And look at those words. You brood of vipers, you brood of snakes, who warned you to flee God's coming wrath. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Of all the people groups that John the Baptist would confront during the time, he confronted the spiritual vanguards of his day, the priests and the Sadducees. Of all people, kayo dapat ang nakakaalam, sabi ni John the Baptist, sa kautusan ng Diyos. Kayo dapat ang nakakaalam sa mga batas ng Diyos. But look at how he referred to them. You're brood of vipers. You are hypocrites. You're saying something, but you're living another way. And that is really the greatest turn off that we can bring unto the lives of many people. We who claim to know God. We who bring our Bible with us wherever we go. We who claim to know the very scriptures and even preach from it. Make sure that you just don't know it. Make sure that we live by it. And so to my fellow Christians, once again, this is a test of integrity for us. 
Now that the nation is going through this massive cataclysm, and we have our cell phones with us, we have the access to the internet, and we know that people's eyes are now glued to the television, to whatever it is, social media, make sure that the professions we've been professing all these years, and the very actions that we do in these moments of testings, in these moments of crossroads, will really be congruent to one another. Because people are watching us, mga kapatid. People are watching the words that you write in Facebook. People are dissecting every word that you say right now. And far be it from us na tayo ang panggagalingan ng fake news. Far be it from us na tayo pang panggagalingan ng away. Tayo pang panggagalingan ng pagmumura. Tayo pang panggagalingan ng negativismo. In these times, we don't need it, my friends. The integrity of the Christian are being or is being tested in moments like this. And I pray that by the grace of God, we will showcase Christian integrity when it is needed the most. John the Baptist confronted the evils of his days. He even confronted Herod, the king of Israel at the time. And because of that, Herod had him arrested and imprisoned. Why? Because John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry the wife of your brother. There was massive immorality during the time of John the Baptist. And people would rather cower in fear. Wag mo nang gagalawin yan. Wag mo nang sasalingin yan. Si Herod yan. Bossing yan. He's above the law. And yet John the Baptist, because he knew his identity, and he knew he stood for who he represented. He represented the very values of the kingdom. He had the audacity to look at this king in the eye and says, it is not right for you to do what you have done. Did Herod repent? Not at all. It landed John the Baptist in prison. And also, this is a good reminder for all of us, my friends. And that's why Jesus would say, in this world you will have troubles. In this world, you will have persecutions. When you try to do the right thing, when you speak the truth, no matter how you speak it in love, no matter how you speak it in gentleness, people that are hard in their hearts, they will not receive you. But our role as Christians is not to pacify the masses, not to be one with the popular culture of our day. Our role is to speak the truth, and by all means, speak the truth in love. But don't ever compromise on the truth. Should people follow you? Should people love you for that? Should people clap their hands because you spoke the truth? Not at all. As a matter of fact, they will hate you. They will unfriend you. They will leave the church. They will try to question your very morality as you now rebuke them. But for as long as we know who we belong to, that's part of integrity. And John the Baptist couldn't care less. He landed in prison and he suffered because of that. Now another test of integrity. When John the Baptist was now in prison, probably six months, and maybe by the time all of his disciples were now with Jesus Christ, maybe the loyal ones stayed with him and would visit him in prison. And prisons can be a litmus test of one's integrity. When for all of these years, you have enjoyed the office of the prophet, when all of these years, you have enjoyed the love and the adulation and the applause of the crowd. And all of a sudden, he was in this dungeon, dark and misty and 
foul odor and maybe food was just for the dogs and for the rats. And nobody would, nobody would now come to listen to his counsel. Oh, John the Baptist had this crossroad as a test of his integrity. Would he hold on to his profession of faith? Matthew 11 records that when John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things that Jesus the Messiah was doing, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus a very earnest question. Can you ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? Now, what is this, mga kaibigan? John the Baptist was there when the Holy Spirit descended from the heavenlies to Jesus Christ upon his baptism. John the Baptist heard the very voice of God. This is my son whom I love. In him, I am well pleased. John the Baptist would say, look at the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist would say, I must now decrease because Jesus must now increase. But in times of testings, when now the tables were turned, when now he was unpopular and now he was almost forgotten, his integrity, I think, was put to the test. Ikaw ba talaga, Jesus, ang Messiah? Or meron pa kaming ibang dapat na hintayin? Now, this is a good question for you to ponder upon. When a man of integrity is so, does it mean, pastor, na hindi ka na pwede magtanong? Does it mean, bro, na kung meron kang mga katanungan sa iyong pananampalataya, it is offensive unto the Lord? Is it a sign of weakness of your faith when you ask questions? Questions like, Ikon talagang mahal ng Diyos ang mundo, bakit pinabayaan niya na dumating ang COVID-19? Kung talagang mahal ng Diyos ang aking pamilya, eh bakit nangyari sa aking anak to? Bakit nangyari sa asawa ko yan? Bakit nangyari sa church namin to? People would always equate ill fortunes as a sign of God's absence in their life. People don't always look at the misfortunes that they, have, they might be going through maybe as a sign that God is displeased with them. My friends, this is a test of our integrity as the people of the Lord. Shall we now succumb to the popular notion that maybe because all of these evils are happening, therefore, ergo, God is false. Therefore, God is non-existent. That's the atheist's point of view. If God is really real, why are there so much evil in this world? If God is true, why these things are happening? If God is sovereign, why does He allow evil to coexist with His goodness? Therefore, God is false. We can learn so much from the integrity of John the Baptist. He had the audacity to ask because maybe in his moments of loneliness, he needed to ask the Messiah, are you really the one? Or do we expect someone else? Was Jesus offended? Not at all. Verse 4, Jesus entertained the question and Jesus told them, told the disciples, the followers of John the Baptist, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and what you have seen. John the Baptist, would you like to know if Jesus is really the Messiah? Jesus did not answer it forthrightly, straightforwardly. He answered it through the things that have been heard and have been seen. Tell John, the blind now see, 
The lame are now walking. The lepers are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. And Jesus Christ says, and tell him, tell John, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. Meaning, tell John, for the last three years, you have been the voice in the wilderness. You have been shouting. You have been saying, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repent for the Messiah is coming. Tell John, now the blind can see. Now the lame can walk. In other words, the very kingdom that you have been preaching, the very kingdom that you have been trying to prepare the hearts of the people for, that kingdom is now here. The dead are being raised to life. People are experiencing something they have never experienced all their lives. It is now here. It is now right in your very eyes. People are hearing of it. People are seeing all of these miraculous things. Tell John all of these things that are happening so that John's hearts will be placated, so that John's hearts will be at peace, that even though Tides might have turned against him. Even though life is not as ideal as it should be. Even though you seem to be feeling that you're forgotten and forsaken. But John, your ministry, the things that you have prepared the hearts of people for, people are now ready to receive. They are now receiving the manifestations of the kingdom that is now at hand. And Jesus says, blessed is the man who does not fall on account of me. Blessed is the man who does not turn away because of me. You see, being with Jesus Christ does not guarantee at all times that it will be a walk in the park, that it will be an easy life. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ has told us again and again, there will be troubles, there will be persecutions. You will not be made exempt from the pains and the aches that life in this broken physical world might have to hand to you every so often. But blessed are you, my friends, if you do turn away, if you don't turn away from Jesus Christ when the shakings come. This COVID-19 is shaking the faith of many people. This COVID-19 is shaking the very foundations of our economy, of our politics, of our leadership. But I pray that in times like this, that the integrity of the people of the Lord shall shine forth. This is not the time to turn away from God. This is the time to draw near and cling to the vine, to hold on to the cross of Jesus Christ. And know that in His power, the lame can walk, the dead can be raised to life, that virus can be defeated through the miraculous intervention of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because Jesus is powerful. Jesus is the King we have been waiting for. This is one message that the rest of the world is aching to hear in moments like this. John the Baptist knew his identity. John the Baptist had integrity until the very end. And lastly, John the Baptist was a man of intensity. He knew he was up against difficult times. And so Matthew 11 would say that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing with force and forceful people are taking hold of it. Let us now be intense, mga kapatid. This is not the time to be, alam mo, lalamya-lamyang Christianismo. Hindi ito yung panahon na tayo ay papatay-patay sa ating pananampalataya. When the world is under attack, when the devil is now mocking 
the Christian faith. When people are now attacking the very tenets of our belief system, this is a time for us to be forceful, to be forceful about the things that we believe in, the convictions that we are ready to die for and to be killed for. We have to be intense people. That messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that, should people, that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, all the people of his Jerusalem went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. John the Baptist did not dilute the message of his day. Sin was now having control over the lives and hearts of many people. He did not come here to preach a prosperity gospel, a popular gospel, a gospel that would just tickle the ears and the hearts of people. No. John the Baptist says, you are now being enslaved by sin. There's only one way out of it. Repent and be baptized. Meaning, die to your old self so that when you are risen from that water, you now live to the newness of life that is the gift of God. People of intensity are like this. They don't compromise. They don't mince words. They don't dilute. They don't sugarcoat it. We don't preach gospel light. Hindi to Coke light or Coke zero na idadilute natin yung sugar level. We preach it as it is because people need to know the truth. And only the truth that they know shall ever set them free. And as I said, even the getup of John the Baptist was a getup of intensity. He was not about physical appearance. He was not about vanity. He was an intense person. And through John the Baptist, we know that the kingdom of God is not only at hand. The kingdom of God is at work. In times like this, mga kapatid, it's time for us to be intense about our faith. Share this message to as many people as possible. Be bold to pray for them online. Reach out to them and share the gospel. When people are being confronted by issues of mortality, of life and death, when people are now confronted by the uncertainties of this life, people are open to the gospel. And forceful, forceful, forceful men like us will advance the agenda of the kingdom in moments like this. But be careful because it's not about your passion. It's not about the loudness of your voice. It's all about Jesus. For as long as Jesus is, this, is the voice and you as the second, you know that you're a mere spokesperson, conduit of the message of the Lord. Oh, we can accomplish so much things. In review, John the Baptist's crossroads led him to his core and his core set him up to be God's champion. How do we make this practical in moments like this? My friends, number one, just like John the Baptist, let us go back to our vows of faithfulness. Just like the John the Baptist, just like what the parents of John the Baptist did to him, they subjected John the Baptist to what they call now the Nazarite vow. No wine will ever touch him. No alcoholic drinks will ever touch. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. In times like this, the people of the Lord has, have to go back to our vows of fidelity and faithfulness with Jesus Christ. Wala tayong pangahawakan, mga kapatid. Tanging ang kapangyarihan at ang grasya ng Panginoon ang magpapalakas sa atin in times like this. 
Truly I tell you, Jesus Christ would say, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Of all the people in the Bible, none has received such compliment from Jesus Christ as John the Baptist. He says, Walang lalamang sa kanya, and yet merong karugtong si Lord. But forever, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. When we get this right, mga kapatid, that it's not about us. It's about our faithfulness unto the Lord. It's about our loyalty to the ideals and the belief system of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. If we know that, my friend, sabi niya, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. And that is you. If you fulfill your vows of faithfulness before the Lord, especially in times like this, then the message of the gospel will ring out from our very lives and people will come to the kingdom because of your faithfulness to God. Just like John the Baptist, let us, I say it here, if the first wall to break was Joshua's heart, and if the first path to be clarified was Elisha's vision, or the first pillar to be strengthened was the character of John the Baptist. And thank God, again, for the faithful parents of, of John. That he molded them, that they molded him to be such kind of a person. So that when his calling came, when his stage was set, when the path was given him, when the platform was set up for him, John the Baptist knew how to fulfill that call because his character was unassailable. Vow of faithfulness. Secondly is be the voice of hope. For all his intensity, John the Baptist was God's conduit of hope. In that depraved generation the time promised by God has come at last he announced the kingdom of God is near repent of your sins and believe the good news in times like this mga kapatid, we should be the voice of hope when people are being disoriented when people are just being thrown aside by the fears and the anxieties that this COVID-19 virus is bringing the lives of many Allow us, allow God to use you to be his voice in times like this. That we are representing the good news. That we are representing a gospel of salvation. That we are representing a kingdom that is for you and not against you. And we are representing a God whose plans are for our prosperity and not for our ruin. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Ito dapat ang umaalingaungaw sa ating mga Facebook statuses, mga kapatid. Huwag tayong dadagdag sa sobrang pangit at sobrang mapanghusga at mapangaway ng mga boses ng napakaraming tao na hindi nakakakilala sa kanya. If at all, Kung gagamitin mo ang social media, mga kapatid, let us be the voice of hope in this generation, in these times. Let prayers be published. Let prayers ring out from our hearts. Let us extend Christian charity to those that might be losing hope in moments like this. But never ever add, wag ka nang dadagdag sa sobrang gulo at kapangitan na pinagdadaanan ng maraming tao sa mga panahong ito. Be the voice of hope. If you have your vows of faithfulness, God can use your voice 
so that people will find their hope in the Lord. And lastly, be the vessel of truth. Know that in all of this, you are not concocting a message of your own. Hindi kaya ng powers natin yan. You are not trying to author a message so unique and so novel na ikaw lang ang nakakaalam. Our role as Christians right now is to just to represent the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. John the Baptist's ministry was all about that. He was certain of that. He says, I baptize you with water, but Jesus Christ will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It is not about me. It is about Jesus because he is first. I am just mere second. This is the one that I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel, meaning all of these things that I've been doing. Lahat ng ginawa ko, mula pa nung aking pagkabata, mula pa sa aking pagkakakonceive sa tiyan ng aking nanay, is so that through my life and through my ministry, I might be the vessel of truth that the true Redeemer and Messiah of Israel and the whole world shall be revealed through my ministry. John was always about giving testimonies about the Lord Jesus Christ. He would say, I saw the Spirit coming down from heaven as a dove, and I saw it remain on Him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remains is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Marami na pong ipinakita ang Diyos sa atin, mga kapatid. We just be the vessels of those things that we have experienced and witnessed for ourselves. The unassailable truth. Marami nang ginawa ang Panginoon sa buhay mo. In times like this, be the conduit of God. Be His voice of hope, and through you, testify about what you have seen God had done in your life in the yesteryears. And people will believe you, not because you're charismatic, not because you're eloquent, not because you're so good-looking, but because the Lord will unction, will anoint the very utterances of your, of your word. And they will get to know the truth that is Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was always about pointing people to the chosen one. He says, I have seen, I testify that it is God's chosen one. I pray, Lighthouse family, again, in these times of disorientation, that we go back to our vows of fidelity. It is all about Jesus. For as long as we are covenanted with him, nothing can touch us. I love the word given by Pastor Jonathan through Psalm 91. No disaster will come near your tent because the Lord values His people. The Lord knows His people. The Lord recognizes His people. Be the voice of hope in today's turbulent times and be the vessel of truth so that through your life and through these moments, Jesus Christ will be revealed. For it is all about Him, never about us. Jesus is first, I am second. In the quietness of your bedroom right now, wherever you're watching this live streaming, we have introduced the Lighthouse family this declaration. May we declare this more so in moments like this. Maybe you can stand up wherever you are out of reverence to God's presence that is now around your room. Maybe you can hold hands with your family members right here, right now in your sala, in your living room. 
But let us declare this, more so right now. Let us declare this truth that Jesus is first. We are second. Our God is the greatest. Jesus is mighty first. God's agenda is my life. The Spirit is my guide. No power is above His word. No one replaces my Lord. Oh, I yield my every dream because my life is all about Him. For the cross He bore for every pain and wound, I declare Jesus is first and I am His. I am second. To God be the glory forever and ever. I'm sure that your worshiping voices are now filling the four corners of your home. And that is good because when times are uncertain, we acknowledge all the more that God is seated on the throne. And God always will inhabit the praises of His children. And that's why we thank God for this technology that we are now having, that we are no longer limited by quarantine rules that we can now go inside every home and the Word of God will never be impeded and will never be stopped but more than that that in times like this our hearts are held by the very powerful right hand of the Lord and we know that he is very much with us in times like this mga kapatid. and so hold your head high Show your children that yours is a household of faith. Show your children that your voices are voices of hope. Show your friends, share with your friends that you are a vessel of truth and that your vows of fidelity and faithfulness before our covenant maker and covenant keeper shall always stand. That no matter what happens, we know and we are proclaiming we are covered by the very blood of the Lamb. That this angel of death will just pass over our own household. It will never touch us. Because we are covered by the one who conquered death. By the one who has overcome the curse of death. His name is Jesus. If you are watching right now, kapatid, and in your heart, you acknowledge that fear has just gotten the better of you. Napaparanoid tayo all these past few days. And now when you're looking forward to the next few more days, you're just being gripped by fear and turmoil. How do we survive this as a family? How do we survive this as a nation? Friend, I give you Jesus. Jesus is your answer. Yes, the Lord will make use of our DOH officials, our doctors. God bless them. The Lord will make use of the medical industry, our medical workers. Thank God for them. But Jesus is our healer. He is our provider. He is our covering. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ right now, today is your day of salvation. Today is the day when you will invite the King of Kings to enter your heart and to enter your home. Today is the day when you surrender everything that you have, your dreams, your aspirations, when you know right now how brief life can be, how uncertain life can be, how shaky times can be. 
Jesus is the one that holds us. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. And by the shedding of His blood, forgiveness of sins is now made possible. Reconciliation of man and God is now possible. Not through religion, not through any church, not through any personality, but only through the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Kapatid, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He died for you in that cross. He bled for you in that cross. His body was broken for you in that cross so that you, may, you will not have to pay the penalty of our sins. And that's why Jesus Christ died for us. But here's the good news, kapatid. He did not remain dead. On the third day, He rose again. And that's why we have this cloth over the cross because we worship a resurrected Savior. He's not bound by death and therefore you are not bound by fear. He's not bound by the limitations of mortality and therefore you have life eternal in Jesus Christ alone. And so, my friend, I implore you, what's stopping you from giving your life to Jesus? The Word of God says, if today you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your heart because today is your day of salvation. Yes, God is talking to you. Right where you are right now, kapatid. In whatever corner of the planet you might find yourself in right now, God is talking to you and the Holy Spirit is now gripping that heart of yours. And you know, God is talking to you right at this very moment. Father, take hold of this child of yours. Take hold of his heart. Take hold of her heart, Lord. Because this is the moment that you have mandated from the very foundations of your creation this is the moment that you have mandated for this person for this child of yours to come back to your loving arms and this child of yours now knows you are not angry at him you are not mad at him you are like the prodigal father yes the prodigal father of the prodigal son a father whose love is so scandalous that even though he has been wronged by his son He's always looking out for the child of his to come back to his family. My friend, God is now opening his arms. Come back to Jesus. He's been waiting for you. Father, you will hold. You're now holding your child. You're all, you know, holding, Lord, this man's heart before you. And today, Lord, is a day when his heart is now turning around. And he will know this brother this sister of mine now knows she will never be the same again because today Lord you are doing that which only you can do you're now allowing Lord to be born again into your kingdom only by your grace is this possible so kapatid kung nasan ka ngayon pray this prayer with me from your heart this is not a magic prayer. This is not a ritualistic prayer. This is a prayer of the faithful. And say this from your heart and mean this, knowing that God accepts the prayers of the repentant, of those who are broken before Him. Father, I am a sinner. Lord Jesus, I know I am unworthy of Your love because I have sinned against you again and again 
And that's why my life is where it is right now because I have walked away from you. But Lord, today I know that my identity is never broken. It might have been marred by the sinfulness of my life. It might have been modded by the lies and the deceit of Satan. But today, Lord, thank you for reminding me of who I am in you. I am a child of God. I am the creation of the Lord. I am the apex of God's creativity. And so today, Lord, I return home. I come back to you. I go back to you, Lord. And I know that you're accepting me. And in your presence, there is forgiveness. There is wholeness. There is restoration. There is renewal and there is rebuilding of that which has been broken. And so, Lord, today I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are Savior. Jesus, you are my Master, my King. You are my Redeemer. In you, I live and move and have my being. Jesus, you are my Savior and you are my God. And unto you, I place my life. If you pray this prayer, say amen unto the Lord. Because believe it or not, today, the Lord has invaded your life. Today, the Lord has held captive your heart. Today, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. And today is the first day of your life as a child, an heir of the kingdom of God. Tune in to Lighthouse. We would like to disciple you. When this COVID virus is over and you can now be face to face we cannot be face to face face to face with one another oh we would love to meet you my friend write down in that facebook page introduce yourself private message me Giorgio baldo that's my facebook uh, account name i would like to communicate with you i would like to walk with you in this journey of faith that the lord has taken you through and to my lighthouse family stay safe stay healthy drink your water Alcohol, sakamay, get your good share of the sun because the sun is a good virus killer and stay faithful unto the Lord. Stay faithful unto the Lord. Read your Bibles. Do not depart from this. Meditate on this law day and night. And the Word of God says you're like a tree planted by streams of water. Your leaves will never wither. You will yield your fruit in season. And all that you do shall prosper. Father, we thank you for all that you have done in today's service. Thank you, Lord, that we are not even in a hurry to end this service. Because we don't have a traffic that we must uh, overcome. We don't even have parking slots that we need to occupy in the mall. Today, Lord, is a sacred moment just to spend time with you. And if there's something, Lord, personally that I am learning from these moments of Selah and Sabbath, it is that, Lord, that the world has been so busy all these years that the voice of God has been drowned by the busyness of business, by the many preoccupations of humanity. And that's why the voice of the Lord has been an unnecessary element to our existence but today Lord as we hunker down as we slow down as we now stay at home 
as we now quiet our hearts and our spirits, now we know, Lord, it's all about you. It has always been about you, Lord. And so I pray, Lord, that you visit every person right now that is watching this message. That, Lord, you will introduce yourself in such a fresh new way to everyone that is being reached by your message, Lord. Because this is truth. Nothing can change it. Nothing can overcome it. Nothing can alter it, Lord. You are truth. You are life. You are the only way to the very heart of the Father. And so, Lord, today, as a people and as a church, we bow down before you. We submit unto you. We invoke the very covering of your blood because heaven and earth will fade away. But your word, your presence, your power will remain forever and ever and ever. So come, Lord Jesus. Enthrone yourself in the praises of your children. Bless now, my brethren, watching this message. Hold him. Hold her. Embrace her right now, Lord. Assure us, Father, that all is well in your kingdom because we belong to you and nothing can ever, ever change that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your ministry. So unto you, Father, we give back all the glory and all the praises and all the honor. And may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious unto you. Yes, may the Lord lift up His countenance towards all of us. And may the God of heaven grant us His peace, His shalom. As we declare, Jesus is first. I am second. Amen, amen, amen. Enjoy your rest.